This week on the Baseline Podcast, Josh and I recap the game. We talk about my sadness and frustration, but we also talk about what Ohio State has looking forward to in the future, and we break down all of the games coming up for Conference Championship Week and what the final rankings might look like. All that and so much more coming up on the Baseline Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Baseline Podcast. I'm Ben. That's Josh. And yes, I'm still semi sad and denial and denial and un- unnerving. Um, we'll obviously get into the game that happened this past weekend and how I believe that it was a closer game than for some reason, a lot of media people think that Michigan ran away with it. Um, and so on. We'll, we'll get into all that here in a bit, but uh, Josh, how was, uh, how's been your uh, last few days? How, how's um, work going? How's life? Is it still freezing cold like it is here over there in Ohio? Yeah, uh, Cleveland, uh, over an hour away, got like five or six inches of snow yesterday. Uh, we wow. just been dealing with cold, and we got like maybe a half inch. Like the grass is coated, but that's how Ohio weather is How was is your right Thanksgiving, now. by the way? That's another thing. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it could have been better. We had to cancel uh, some plans with some of our family because everybody got sick in ours on Thanksgiving. So we still had dinner, uh, just us, but we didn't uh, go and see like my cousins or anything like that. So you didn't like poison them, did you? You're like, I just don't want to be with family this year. Oh, it, gonna... <laughs> it, it might have come from uh, one of my other brothers, and then they gave it to me, and then it just like went on. Just like, yeah. And the yeah. weird thing is, like here in Europe, is like COVID starting to come back again, which is just weird to think about because it feels like forever ago, but it's uh, making a wave again here yeah. in Europe. So yippee, yippee, oh, yeah. ki Um, But anyways, Josh, I, there is a big giant elephant in the room, uh, I think we would both say. Um, and I think Josh, because I, when I, I turned on the camera and when Josh connected onto the, the, the call, he was very, I think, shocked at my attire today. I was just laughing because uh, it's not only an Ohio State jersey after the game, but it's the, the 23 one, too. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's my LeBron James one. Yeah, it's my LeBron James one, which I don't know how I still feel about it. Um, yeah. Do you want to start? Because I, you know that I'm going to have a lot to say. So I don't know if you want to start. Yeah. Give me give me so, your recap of the game, you know, how you've thought throughout the game and, and so on. Yeah. So when we picked this game, we both picked Ohio State, and I picked Ohio State. It was going to be a, a a definitely a grind fest, 24 to 20. And you were close. to my credit, Ohio State did get 24. <laughs> you were close. Uh, but I, I missed 10 of Michigan's points. And yeah, yeah. The game kind of went about how I thought it would. It, it just every single first down seemed like a struggle. But I'm going to go ahead and give credit to Michigan. I know you're going to talk a lot about what Ohio State didn't do, but I just want to give Michigan their flowers for coming out here, oh, winning this course. game, yeah, yeah, a third time in a row uh, with a, uh, an interim coach in this case, Sharon Moore, who came out swinging, as you could see by the three for three he was on fourth downs. It was just like anytime mm-hmm. it was close, it's like. Yeah, in this game, I feel like the team that gets more sixes than threes is going to go ahead and win this one. And we saw him get fourth downs and that all those drives led to touchdowns eventually for Michigan. Uh, We also saw Michigan uh, outdo Ohio State on the special teams. Uh, They didn't turn the ball over. Uh, Penalties on both sides. I'll give Ohio State credit. Just one penalty on their side. Just three by Michigan. So Michigan handled all the small things, especially on that final drive where there was about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter and they killed seven minutes and extended the lead Mm -hmm. to six there, forcing Ohio State to have to get a touchdown to win it. So I thought that Michigan handled business. J.J. McCarthy wasn't super involved in this game, but he was more involved than what I had anticipated based on Mm -hmm. uh, how he was used against Penn State. Uh, He threw 20 passes in this game, connected on 16 of them, so super efficient, made some really nice throws like that one touchdown to Roman Wilson, just threaded the needle right through there. But Michigan did what they needed to do. Ohio State, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about them mostly, but they were so close. I mean, they're just – I thought they were conservative. I thought that play at the end of the first half stupid. where they were fourth oh, and two stupid. and Ryan Day decides to settle for a 52-yard oh field goal attempt when his kickers never made anything longer than like 45. It's like, why don't you, since you have timeouts, try to convert this, get closer. Maybe you still end up with a field goal, but it's a more manageable field goal. Yeah. And there are just situations like that where it's like, I heard Zach Smith say on Madison Sports, Ryan Day called the game like Kyle McCord was his quarterback. So whether it was because Kyle just... 
Ryan Day didn't have faith he doesn't in have him the or factor. he didn't have the ability. Doesn't have the it factor. It just he he wasn't uh cut out for this job. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to you, Ben, and tell me what you saw. Yeah. But I just wanted to go ahead and give Michigan their credit and say what I thought was lacking yeah, yeah. at Ohio State's end. Look, I, I'm I'm not an Ohio State fan that's just gonna like be like a pouty, you know, like you know, screw Michigan. Like, I'm not going to give them credit. Like, no, I am like, you know, Michigan came in and they did what they do best, which is manage game. Right. Like, do I think Michigan was like, is a better team on Saturday? Yeah. Right. At home in a big game. Yeah, they were. Um, if you look at the stats, you, if you looked at the stats without the score, you would think a high state would have won this game. Right, they, they well, I think Ohio set. State did finish did. with what more total yards, more, more total yards, rounds. more like passing I said, yards, less penalties, yep. more passing yards, um, close to the same in running, rushing yards. Not the superstars like Donovan Edwards, I think, had 10 carries for 31 yards, yeah. so under four yards a carry. Blake Quorum, exactly four yards a yeah. carry, 22 carries. Like, if you yards. would have told me, hey, you're gonna hold Michigan to four yards a carry, I would have been like, they they got a really good shot of win this game, right? Um, and I, I'm gonna say something that that on the podcast they, they talked about this week was like Ryan day called this game scared to, to make a mistake. And you would think it would be flipped, right? Like you would think Michigan would be more scared to do something wild. Like, right. They did a halfback pass. They did. They went on fourth down three times. Like these are things that teams that have lost two in a row do not teams that have won two in a row, right? You know it as well as I do. You've played sports. I've played sports. When you are in a winning streak, you tend to be more conservative. You don't want to kind of ruin that momentum. Whereas when you're down, you tend to like, hey, we're going to throw off all everything we got. I felt that Michigan kept things, like that QB run in the second half, I felt Michigan kept things that they did not run all year for Ohio State. Ohio State, did. I felt, had nothing that it's like they weren't saving anything. It's like they were okay with doing what they did all year. And and again, I have no problem with that if you are executing it the way you should. Now, I'm going to say this. I, I I the one thing that did really tick me off about Michigan after the game was Roman Wilson came out and said Ohio State wasn't tough. I disagree with that. And I and I don't know about you, I disagree with that because Ohio State played toe to toe. By the way, ran down the ran the ball down Michigan's throats on that that big drive to make it a 17 to 17 ball game. I mean, if you remember that, they literally ran eight straight plays down Michigan's throats and said, we're going to do that. And then for some reason, Ryan Day decided not to run the ball ever again the rest of the game, which was mind boggling to me. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it is interesting uh, in that case. Um, but, yeah, and, and I'll get into details here about the game here in a second. But, yeah, give me your thoughts on Roman Wilson saying that because I, I, I get it last year. I get it the year before. Yeah, Ohio State was not really physically ready. But I felt like the defense, like like you said, I only gave up four yards a carry. I felt, you know, yeah, the pass rusher were there. But other than that, I felt maybe that last drive, you could say that. But even then, like they were, you know, a high season bend to don't break defense all game. I felt like Michigan was giving up still similar plays. Yeah, they made the final plays that mattered. But really, if you look across the game. Yeah, like you said, and I had mentioned on that final drive, Michigan definitely forced their will on Ohio State there, killing seven minutes on the clock there. And, I, and I've and i seen some clips like uh, Rod Moore uh, kind of manhandled, I think it was Fryer on Ohio State's offensive line. It's no, like, it, was this is a safety. it was Simmons. It was Simmons because okay. he sucks. I yeah, like think. a safety on a, on a tackle just like yeah. shedding a block like that. It's yeah. like I don't know how many other plays were in there that like that, but I don't know if – I mean – Michigan, you could say, was the tougher team in the day, but it's not like Ohio State was just weak. It was just kind of like a like yeah. an interesting, maybe. And, you know what I mean? And a couple of the things that you know you brought up that I want to talk about is especially that that last play that dude, you should have saw me in this, and I was sitting right here on this couch behind me, and I was like, my jaw dropped. Mm. I've never seen Ryan Day so passive. Like I, my whole life watching him coach for Ohio State. I've seen him go on fourth and two with less time remaining than what he had. <laughs> like it, it was mind boggling to me. It's like, dude, okay, what's the worst happens? You throw an extra pass, it gets intercepted, half's over, or you you get down close to the end zone, you end up, you know, missing an opportunity or a touchdown, the time expires. Dude, there is nothing worse than going away with zero points. So why force a 52-yard field goal when you have 37 seconds left? You at least get at least one more play, maybe two more plays to get you closer. 
And that just bothered me that last drive. Yeah, wasn't there another instance too where Ohio State was like was fourth and one against forty five or yeah, forty six and, and they punted? And yeah, and then Mirko punted a twenty nine yard punt. Yeah, and it was fourth and just, one. I'm like, dude, what are you? And that's another. By the way, one, yeah, I want to say this right now. Parker Fleming, I think all high state fans needs to be fired. The special teams is atrocious. This has been a discussion for like a decade. It, 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 <laughs> you should not have a full time paying over. I think it's like over six hundred thousand dollars for a full time special teams coach on when the special teams is this bad. Save that money and give it to James Laurinaitis. Use Keenan Bailey as a special teams coach. I don't care. Most schools, I money. think, usually divvy up special yeah. teams duty, like among exactly. all the other assistant coaches. Yeah. So if you're going to have a dedicated special teams assistant coach, like you better have like top five special teams in the country, like the way exactly. they're operating. Yeah. And, and I mean, a high state used to have that when Urban Meyer was there. You know how much he prided himself into special teams. Like it was it was what it was. And uh, I guess the other thing I want to talk about was just um, I, I knew when Kyle McCord threw that interception began the game. I said, we are now doing what we hated, which was now climbing back into it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I had said, and I believe I said this on the show, I said, if Ohio State's going to win this game, they had to get out front early. They had to get out front and then play their game, right? What happened was, and by the way, if you rewatch that play, dude, Will Johnson like knew exactly where he was going with that ball. Oh, yeah. And, and it didn't help that McCord stared right at Harrison, but it was almost like Harrison was like, wait, why did he jump that route? Like that, like, you know, like he, it's not like Harrison was selling the route. So it's that to me is just a little interesting how that, that just seemed to jump that he jumped that way before even the ball was even. Are you trying out. to say that they stole signs and knew the play? Is oh, that what you're 1, getting at? thousand percent. I mean, I will be that guy. Cause I know I that think Kyle was looking at Marvin no, the I whole time and didn't do anything I like, I know, but Hey, solid. I gotta have at least give me some grapes here, man. I'm, I'm trying bit. a little bit. Sure. No, but honestly though, if you take away though, that touchdown, right. It, okay. People are like, well, high state gave up 30 points. I'm like, dude, they had a, they got the ball in the seven. What, what is high state supposed to do? Like they're like, they're going to give up a touchdown or at least a field goal. Um, you know, and I look at the game, man, it, to be honest, Josh, and this is why it ticks me off that people said Ohio State got manhandled and beat pretty bad. Ohio State was two plays away from winning that game on the last drive. If if McCord gets that ball out of hair earlier, I'm not saying it would happen, right? right? I'm not saying they would score a touchdown, but you get that ball. It's probably about, I'm guessing, 28 seconds left. You're at like probably the 28-yard line, 25-yard line. You've seen Harrison. We've seen Ohio State do this once. Um, and that's what I think hurt me the most in that game was like, dude, they played this poorly at times on offense, and yet they were two plays away from winning this ball game, right? Um, and, and I guess I also the defense played really good up until that last drive, man. Like that that drive bothered me so much. On that, it was I think it was like third and four at Michigan's own I think thirty yard line, and as Joel Klatt said, they missed a pass interference call on Michigan. Like the dude, I don't know if you saw it, like legit pushed off. Like that was <laughs> the most obvious offensive pass interference call. But anyways, you don't get to stop there. And then Michigan starts doing what they do best and is take the play clock down to seven seconds, snap the ball, run the ball. And um, I get, let me uh, ask you, what was the blitz? Pers- uh, what was the amount of blitzes that uh, Jim Knowles called on, on Saturday? Get, throw me a number. Out of all the snaps played, how many blitzes? You want percent? No, just a number. Just a number of blitz, like blitz calls in the game. Well, JJ only threw 20 passes, and maybe there was a couple uh, plays that had penalties and maybe a couple sacks. So it's not going to be like there was a ton of chances, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say five. Four. Four times that he blitzed. And on that last drive, guess how many times they blitzed on that last drive? None. Guess how many times they Base brought defense. down the guess how many times they brought down the safety. They were willing yeah. to be passive. They were so scared of last year. I said, "What is there to lose?" Did not want to let the well, big play happen. I kept so telling a lot of small ones. I kept texting my friend. I said, "What is there to lose, dude? Blitz everyone. You know what they're going to do. They're not going to throw the ball when they all they have to do is run the clock out, dude. Send two dudes, send three dudes, and make Michigan scared. Like I, I thought Jake Butt on. Uh, him and uh, Joshua Perry have a podcast, and he said it's something very interesting. He goes, when I think Michigan knew when Ryan Day decided not to go for it on fourth and one on Michigan's 45, they knew they were not going to be scared the rest of the game. Ohio mm-hmm. State was not scaring them. 
because it was very obvious that that's the play calling that Ryan Day wanted. The defense was going to be the same way. Um, I felt they did not get Travion Henderson involved very well. I felt I was not, surprised by how little involved. he was involved as well, and I was starting to wonder if there was maybe an injury or something. That no, I mean he was fine. About. Yeah, like he was he he played fine. I mean. Harrison obviously had a game like once Will Johnson went out like that was the other thing that bothered me Josh is why are you not attacking when Will Johnson leaves the game dude yeah, throw that's that the one ball, guy that you like, gotta be scared of yeah and so um, not that like Rod Moore and Sandra still another secondary isn't uh someone you gotta be scared of but yeah. Will Johnson's the guy yeah I mean it is it is frustrating um but yeah I guess a couple of things that I I wrote I have I have notes here um Another thing I wrote was comic cord. Uh, I, I've I've heard a lot of people say, you know, he's not the guy. Like we we and again, I think he's made progress throughout the year. But what I will say, and I, and I think some people have touched on this around the media, at least what I've noticed as someone who's coaching quarterbacks right now, and who's an offense coordinator and, and sees it this way, there's no it with him. There's not there's not this like it or this want or this desire. Like he said after the game, man, it's just another game, and I'm like. Yeah, that's like you dude, can't like, say that. Like him and Gene Smith and all these guys that are like outside of Ohio, just calling yeah. it another game or it's just one game. Like, you it's, know what they need? You know what they need? They need to freaking get Jim Tressel or um, or Earl Bruce to come in like every year before this game and tell people that maybe aren't yeah. from Ohio and like, hey, this is what the game means because those guys got it. Comic like, you guys eventually are going to get Ryan Montgomery or. Uh, that other kid from uh, Belfont, yeah, St. Clair, that are from Ohio, and they're gonna know the rivalry, and yeah. you'll be fine then. But right now, it's like I hear everybody talking about you need to go get Cam Ward out of the transfer portal, or Aaron Nolan like, is no. gonna have to start I next season no. as a true okay. freshman. And I'm like, so yeah, I, I don't know. To, to be honest, I don't know where it is. I do know that he does not have the competitive fire, and I would not be shocked if there's an open competition in the spring. I would not be shocked if, let's say, they don't make the the college football playoff, which we will talk about here in a second. Um, I don't see him playing in the Orange Bowl. I, is where they'll probably end up being. I think you'll see maybe a split of of Keenholtz and Brown. I think maybe Ryan Day just decides, hey, let's just make this an open competition. And also, would not shock me if if he decides to transfer. If Marvin Harrison does decide to declare, because both him and Caleb Williams have both said they're still going to think things through, they don't really know which way they're leaning. If let's say if he comes back, then you maybe you see McCord stay. But again, I wouldn't be shocked if you know Abuka's gone, he's gone. Then I'm, he's like, well, why am I going to be here? Um, so yeah, it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot of interesting things out of this game. Um, very frustrated. Three losses in a row to Michigan. It's not something that I'm excited about. Like I know it, I seem okay right now. <laughs> Uh, but it's more of because I'm seeing it as a logical stance of like things have to change. Um, people are like, well, Ryan Day should he give up play calling. I'm like, not necessarily. I, I don't. I don't know necessarily. He needs to give up play calling. I just think he needs to start being more of a CEO. Trust your guys. Trust your coaches. Get some veteran guys in there. I've heard a lot of people say this, and I believe this. And, and Josh, you might agree with me on this. They need to get rid of Corey Dennis as the quarterbacks coach. I know that's Ryan Day's Ooh. guy because this man had never coached quarterbacks before Ohio State. He had never been a quarterback. And the name that keeps popping up, and Josh, I think you'll love this, JT Barrett, who's currently coaching for the Lions, to come back as a quarterback coach who, one, brings in the culture that you want to be get ready for Michigan every single year, but also brings you know the best quarterback probably overall that's ever played for Iowa State. Um, and, and I guess that idea just sounds really awesome. I think you, you freshen up, you obviously promote James Laurinaitis. You, you maybe bring in some other tweaks. Like does, does, um, uh, does our defensive line coach leave, right? Like does, does Johnson decide, like, do they just tell him like, Hey, you're 71 years old. Maybe it's time to, to, you know, hit the sack. Um, I don't know, but, uh, these are just some of the thoughts going in my head. Josh, you can tell me if I'm crazy or if I'm on, on point here. <laughs> it's just crazy. Cause it's like, Corey Dennis has been involved with all these great quarterbacks that have come through Ohio State. But it has he, though. Always, but that's the thing, though. He's never The discussion's really... always been, is that Corey or is that Ryan Day? I believe it's Ryan Day, and that's what I've always and believed. If it's all, and if it's Ryan Day, then I don't understand what benefit JT Barrett would bring to the table, I guess. Kind of like with play calling. It's like, is this Brian Hartline's offense or is this Ryan Day's offense? Is, does Ryan just need to like give up some control? 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I do know that, like, Justin Fry, like, he might not be with a high state next year because I supposedly he's interested in the Indiana job. Um, you know, you have, you know, Brian Hartline, I don't think will be up for any coaching jobs this year like last year. I, I just think he didn't have a big impact. So I, I think he'll kind of stay. Um, you know, and people keep saying, well, Ryan Day leave. Like, Ryan Day is a competitor. I don't want anybody to believe that he's not. Like, he's a competitor. And I think, again, it's just different. Remember the last, what about the last two coaches, Josh? Where are they from? Ohio, wow. right? Like they grew up in this rivalry. They understood the rivalry. I'm not saying Ryan Day doesn't understand it. I think he he learned it. But what he should do is invest his time to learn about Ohio, learn about the the passion behind it. Because I think sometimes he gets irritated by fans. But dude, if you've been around a high state football, these fans have been like this since 1990, right? Or 1920, right? Like these fans have always been this way. You just have to learn to suck it up. Like Woody Hayes back in the forties, right? Right, right. The, uh, right near 50. I think it was like 50 when fans protested after three years straight years, losing to Michigan and said, we want to get rid of them. You know what he did the next year? He went out and won a national title because he <laughs> took what the fans said and said, all right, I'm going to make myself a winner and I'm going to make this team a winner. Right. And I think at the end of the day, Ryan Day needs to look himself in the mirror this offseason and say, what do I need to do to put this team in the best place for? Because like like everyone says, Josh, you can't get any better at recruiting. They're, they've got the best classes every single yeah. year. You don't need to do anything. He's recruiting better than Urban Meyer and Jim Trestle. Yeah. Did. So so my thing is, it's not the talent. It's it's the intangible. These last three years. Yeah. These last they've three years, you've out-recruited Michigan. Years. You've put more first-rounders in the NFL. It's yeah. not a talent issue. And, and they've wasted... Three years of quality players. You Can you imagine this 21, 2021 class, which was loaded? Marvin Harrison Jr., Kyle McCord, JT Tulemolau, uh, Jack Sawyer, all these dudes. Yeah, that they 21 had. class, man. All they had, the, this whole 21 class, and this class will have never beat Michigan, and this class will have never won a national title, and only competed for one game in the in the, uh, in the the college football playoff. It, it's it's so disheartening because I think he wasted so much talent in the in this time span. Um, so I'm really interested to see, obviously, um, we could go on and on about the game. And if you want to know more, Hey, let me know, message me. Like I, I would love to talk about this game. Uh, there's a lot of things I look at and we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, but Josh, the new rankings dropped. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know if we'll, we'll talk about the games that, that happened last week because really what matters is this week's games. But the one game I do want to mention before we talk about the rankings is what about that Auburn Alabama game? Like poor Crane brothers, man. Just uh, yeah. I love what they said. They're like, and of course Auburn found a way to lose it. <laughs> and we were talking about it last week. Like this is a game that it's a weird game rivalry man. week or not. Like some people say it's gonna be close, and I'm like Auburn just saw, just lost to whatever school it was that they paid him over a million dollars to come and beat them. We're like, yeah, this is going to be a bloodbath with the way them is came down at the right time. And Auburn's coming down to cold. And yeah, they were right there. And then they only blitzed two and spied a third from 31 dude, yards out. So how did, how did wild they defensive let, call there? But how did they let that? Like, dude, that ball was like, I mean, it was a good thrown ball, but still like, dude, if you're going to have eight guys back like oh that, you gosh. cannot lose a receiver. How, how, There's like, only five guys to worry about, and you have eight defenders. Did it baffle you, though, that like they decided to, like, like I don't know. like I, Dude, if you see that ball in the air as a DB, just follow the ball. Like All of you should have ran over to the ball and just said, we're getting this out of bounds. I do not yeah. care. Um, it just... It's sad because that that put a wrench, I think, in you know, to a lot of teams' hopes. Is like, oh, we don't have to worry about Alabama, and of course, that would have been their second loss. Yeah. And speaking of second losses, Louisville losing yep. to Kentucky gave them a second loss and eliminated them from ever having a shot either. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are just they're slowly chipping away, and so yeah, we could go into rivalry week. Uh, we could talk about how Iowa again had the, one of the ugliest wins of all time. I was just, watching the dude, end of that, and there was like dude, four or five just, possessions oh in the final God. two minutes. Dude, this this Iowa team is so bad, and yet they just ten wins. I, dude, I don't get it, man. It is it is the ugliest offense I've ever watched. Like it honestly is so ugly to watch. And yet this team is going to play for Big Ten Challenge. And this is once again, Josh, where we both have said this should be Ohio State-Michigan rematch this week. That's what it should be. Those are the two best teams in the Big Ten. Like you, you yep. shouldn't, you shouldn't be having to like have this like sacrificial lamb every year. Washington's playing Oregon again. You got Louisville man. playing Florida State. You Ridiculous. got Texas and Oklahoma State. Because then this you're not. The then, that, but then you're not putting Ohio State. The Ohio State's now hand, now they have a chance to 
fix that that wrong right and they they can they can have that a chance to to make it um and so let's go over the power rankings uh, not the power rankings sorry the the college playoff rankings playoff bowl. um so right now at number one you have georgia michigan obviously moved up to two three is washington four is uh, florida state five is oregon which there's a little bit of interestingness on that one uh six is ohio state seven texas eight alabama and then so on because who cares after that point? Um, so we, we look at these these um, these standings. Tell me what you think the rankings. Um, I do have a little bone to pick, but uh, I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, right now at the top four, I got no issue with. I mean, that's the last four undefeated teams, yeah. and they're probably properly ranked from best to worst here. Georgia being, we've been saying it, two-time defending national champs. They're going to be at one until proven otherwise. Michigan just beat Ohio State, so obviously they're going to yeah. move up to two in that case. And Washington has a lot of ranked wins, although they're close. They're ranked wins, and they're at third. Florida State, the committee's been looking for a way to get them out, but they keep winning. They beat my Gators this last weekend. Your Gators blew that game, by the way. Yeah, I I didn't realize that we also didn't have Graham Mertz playing in that game, but there was still mental mistakes and a dude spitting in somebody's face for 15 yards. Sandwiching their quarterback, like literally, I thought the guy was going to die. Like he just got sick. Yeah, they they had two guys come in and nail Florida State's (laughs) dude too. So... But, yeah, Florida State still winning without Jordan Travis, and they're there at four, uh, clinging by a thread, I feel like. But after that, like you said, yeah, is where it gets interesting because this is where the resumes don't really seem to add up. You got Oregon at five, Ohio State six, Texas at seven, and Bama at eight. And I've been seeing a lot of people talk about Ohio State needing to be ahead of Oregon, and I think it's a a valid argument. It's just I don't think Ohio State should be at five then. I think – six is probably right and maybe you should just move texas well up to five no my, my thing is this i i think i i believe this because i i've heard a few uh national podcasts talk about this it does not matter for high state they were at five or six it, it, this is the end of the day and look i, I want to go over the scenario real quick um if you don't know as an high state fan especially if you're a high state fan you're going well we're going to make the playoff let me give you the scenario you ready make sure you write this down because it's kind of crazy all right Georgia has to beat Alabama. Then you have to have Oklahoma State, who looks awful half the time and looks good other times, has to then beat Texas, who's a 15-point underdog. Then you have to have Louisville beat Florida State. And then you have to probably most likely you need Washington to beat Oregon just for safety, right? So That's what I've been telling people. If all that happens, that's four things to happen, right? And it's not impossible. Trust me. I've watched college football long enough to know craziness happens on conference championship week. If all that happens, then there's no way the committee looks and goes, yeah, we. I mean, they have to put a high state in. At that point, they have to. It's like last year with uh, USC losing yeah. the final weekend. It's like, well, the only other team we can put in is Ohio State now, at this point. Yes. And now some people say, well, if Oregon beats Washington, but that one's going to be more of a trickier one. I still think Ohio State would get in over Washington. I, I just, I still think they, they like yeah, Ohio State I don't, more. I don't think you can look at any one team scenario in a vacuum because it's all dependent on everybody else because yeah. there we've never really had this many yeah. one loss teams coming in there's eight of them undefeateds and yeah. one losses and i think for the most part we've come down to maybe five or and six when we wish we had this, and i never thought we'd have wished to say we, i would have the 18 playoff but here we are or 12 team playoff but um we'll, we'll see if it works itself out yeah. but I, I do think look, look the most obvious for high state right i i do believe louis i i will talk about this when we talk about our picks but i think louisville has a really good shot of beating florida state and I'm surprisingly going to say I think Oklahoma State also has a good shot if they run the ball well. We've seen Texas struggle at times on defense. Look, I will say this. I said this before the show started to Josh, and I'll say this on here. I I am not going to be shocked if Ohio State does not make the playoff, and I'll also not be shocked if they make it. Um, I think, Josh, that's a, that's a good way of saying it. Like Again, do I think they're going to make it? Probably not. 90% of me says, no, they're going to the Orange Bowl because that's where they're going to end up. They will play the Louisville and the Orange Bowl, which would be just the most boring game, at least television-wise. Um, but also you have to remember, and I'm going to say this now, the committee likes big um, brands. And let's be honest, if you have Washington versus Ohio State as a final spot, or Washington, Texas, Ohio State, or however it would be, but specifically Washington versus Ohio State, they Washington loses. Guys, they're not stupid. They're going to put the brand that actually is going to bring them viewers because at the end of the day, they care about money. Um, so, again, I'm not like shocked either way. Um, but I will ask you this, Josh. 
percentage, give me a percent chance you think Ohio State makes a playoff on Sunday this coming weekend? I'm going to give it 15%. Mm, that is a very generous number. Very a generous. little generous. I'm thinking through scenarios here, and Ohio State being at six sounds very favorable. And yes, Washington can win and knock Oregon below them, and maybe Louisville can beat Florida State and knock them out of the top four too. But you got to remember that uh, – if Texas wins in this case, then that's a one-loss Big 12 conference champ compared to Ohio yep. State with agreed. Yeah. a one-loss no conference champ. Texas yep. being below Ohio State right now is probably jumping them in that case. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. there's a, these other teams that are below them that are also going to be playing. If, if Alabama wins the oh, SEC, that just, that just throws a wrench Georgia, for everything. That just beats throws Georgia, that's everything. the number one win right there. Yeah, And that's also, like you said, throws a wrench in everything because are they going to drop Georgia from one to out of the top four then? Dude, that just that is that is a scenario. No, the absolute I, chaos scenario is for Alabama to beat Georgia, so you have an SEC one loss champ. To be honest, and then would, you need Oregon to beat yeah. Washington. This would probably those be one losses. I think this would probably end up being like, let's say Alabama beats Georgia. I think you see Florida State if they would win. I still think you would not put them in. I think the committee would go. Do we want a backup quarterback run? You would take Florida undefeated State. Florida State as an ACC champ out of it. Oh, for sure. I think if you uh, if you, lose, man, would I, you what do you think as the fan base? Do you you want your NCA fan base to be This you know, is what I'm going to say about that. I'm going to say you cannot do that because in the first college football playoff rankings you had this chance to do it to Ohio State. They had their true. third string quarterback yeah. and you could have said absolutely not. They didn't want to have their starter. They don't even have their backup. It's a third string and they put him in the playoff anyways and they won the yeah. national championship. That's I don't true. think yeah, you can yeah. do that to Florida State. We've gotten to see Florida State win games with their backup quarterback and if their backup quarterback goes in and wins a conference championship game against Louisville who's still a top 15 team respected in the country, I think you got to put them in still. Yeah. You can't just leave them out just because they're not as good with Jordan Travis. They still have the resume and won all those games and earned that spot. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm not. But I'm it, just, it, it I'm is going to be interesting. If Alabama wins, I think that's going to make the most interesting yeah. like scenarios just because it doesn't probably knock Georgia out of the top four. Yeah. I'm gonna Whereas say, all these other teams, if they lose, they're probably falling out of the yeah. top four. I'm going to just say that Ohio State has a 8% chance. I'm going 8%. lower than Josh. And who would have thought the guy wearing a high state jersey would have a lower percentage than Josh? But yeah. look, I'm I'm already preparing mentally that they're going to the Orange Bowl, that Marvin Harrison Jr. won't play, that Cade Stover won't play, that a lot of these other dudes won't play. And I'm preparing myself for that because I, I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm a high state fan and we know how that works. Um so yeah, I, it'll be interesting. It was a great game. Again, hats off to Michigan. Hats off. You you won it, David Cohn. I hope you did it. Um, we are going to talk at the end of the show. I didn't tell Josh this. We are going to talk about the uh, the Lady Ballers that's going to be coming out that we will. I will just oh. mention at the end just because that's going to be fun. But before we get to that, um, before we get to next week's games, um, let's just uh, let's go over our power rankings uh, and our Heisman watch list heading into this this final doozy. Doozy. This is tough, dude. All right. So here we go. So last week's um, power rankings. Uh, I had Georgia one, Ohio State two, three Michigan, four Washington, five Oregon. Josh had Georgia one, Ohio State two, three Michigan, four Washington, five Oregon. So I'll go for this this week because right. I feel like me I need to get off this off my chest. Um, I'm going to still put Georgia at one. I just still think they're the best team. Uh, Michigan beat Ohio State, but I still think Georgia just – they're Georgia. It's just it's hard to it's hard to put them out of there. Uh, I mean, I'm going to put Michigan too. I, I do think beating Ohio State puts that. I'm going to put um, Oregon at three. I, I think Oregon has slowly come on as a very very talented team. Uh, and I'm going to put Washington at four. Uh, so I'll keep them at four. I'm going to put Ohio State at five. I, I still think Ohio State is top five team in the country. I know rankings might not say that, but. If I put Ohio State against every team, maybe outside of Georgia, and obviously Michigan just beat them, I still think they can beat Washington. I think they can beat Oregon. I think they can beat Florida State and Texas and Alabama um, on on a daily base on a on a game to game basis. So uh, I still have Ohio State at five. All right. Uh, my top five. I'm sticking with Georgia at one. I will bump Michigan up to two now, and that's when it gets interesting because I'm kind of with you. I. I think that Oregon's going to beat Washington this weekend. I'm going to go ahead and uh, act on that in my ranking, too, and say that Oregon's three. 
I've been thinking they're the better team, and I've just been leaving Washington ahead just because they keep winning games. But yep. now that they're going to face each other again, I'm going to go ahead and finally like make that move. I've been thinking Oregon's better. I'm going to put them there at three. And I'll drop Washington just below them to four. And I'll leave Ohio State in here at five for now. I think losing to Michigan, the number, the, road. <laughs> the number three team at the time, my number two team in the country on the road by six is like – that's got to be the best loss in the whole entire country, right? Yeah, but also, doesn't it? Not isn't that it like weird? we want to make uh, it, make yeah, losses no. like good. Isn't it but... weird though, Josh, that they they talk about the game like they lost by thirty? Like it just feels that way. It's like people talk about this game like they lost by thirty when they lost yeah. by a less than a touchdown and they were possession like a literally a drive away from from winning that ball game. This is what people are saying about uh, Georgia too that they've beaten. Uh, Ole Miss and they've beaten Missouri and they've beaten Tennessee and just because they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game by maybe one or one score if it is the case they're going to drop them out of the top four then because of that that's the which case they do, what they just Georgia did to Ohio win. State you know like what yeah. they just did to Ohio State so I think it's only fair that that happens to Georgia because yeah that's that's the case with Georgia yeah. because and they also have like the two straight national championships too but yeah. It's a it's a conversation. It's a it's gonna be a tough one if like we said we end up with like all these one loss teams and yeah. a bunch of conference champions and it's like oh man. Now, now I believe is this our last Heisman watch list or will it be next week our last Heisman watch list? Uh some people say you should include conference championship week, but Jaden Daniels isn't playing, so I'm not counting it. This is gonna be my final Heisman. Okay, this rankings. will be our fi- let's do this will be our final. So um Last week, uh, I had uh, Jaden Daniels one, Bonex two, three, Michael Penix Jr., four, Dylan Gabriel, five, Marv. Uh, you had the same as me. So, um, Josh, how about you start with number five and work your way up? Uh, well, that's a tough one. I know who my top four are, and I haven't really. I've been thinking about Marv at five. and He had a good game. Yeah, yeah really good. I got to leave him there. By the way, but, that catch, can we talk about that catch, by the way? That was unreal. He got tackled and was literally just one arm sitting on his butt and just grabs the ball with one arm. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and leave Marv at five. That'll be mine. Big 10 player of the year, by the way. First wide, only the third wide receiver ever to win Big 10 player of the year. One wide receiver of the year. Uh, mm. Kate Stover won tight end of the year. Um, by the way, Eichenberg won linebacker of the year when he didn't play like the last four games outside the mission. <laughs> like, just weird. Oh, awards are fun. So you got Marv at five. Uh, I also have Marv at five. Again, Josh and I love to talk about the token position player because this happens every year. There's always they one always guy. They always include one that they definitely aren't going to vote. Oh, of course. They, he won't win it. But I do believe it's Marv. And people keep saying, well, Malik Neighbors. I'm like, dude, the dude has 50 more targets than Marv. Like, of course, his number is going to be better. Like he has 50 more targets as well as a Aduzier from, from uh, Washington. Like they, they throw the ball all the time, both those teams. So for me, I just think Marvin Harrison, like the catches he made against Michigan. I'm like, yeah, tell me someone that's better. Um, so I'm gonna go Marv at five, four for you. I think we can go ahead and uh, keep Dylan Gabriel there too. Uh, ended the year on a high note. I'm going to go ahead and well. pull up his stat line. They, uh, had a slugfest though with uh I know <laughs> who was it? It was uh I gotta find it. Hang on, I went to Ole Miss instead of Oklahoma stats. Oh, 69 to 45 with TCU. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, yeah. And Gabriel, I mean, once again was a pretty big part of that. Four hundred yards through the air, three touchdowns, uh n- another touchdown on the ground. So yeah, just solidified himself led Oklahoma to a 10 and 2 record after uh what they went through last year right up there in total touchdowns and yards this year uh, the dude put it uh Oklahoma uh back in uh relevant uh discussion across the country Dylan Gabriel for yeah I'm gonna say Dylan Gabriel I I just think there's no one else outside of you know, obviously Marv I don't think there's anybody else that I'm going yeah, you deserve to be in the top four. I, I just, I, I can't look. I looked around. I looked at quarterbacks. I looked at running backs. I'm like, there's no one other. And Dylan Gabriel has been consistent all year. He hasn't really faded away, even in the losses. So uh, I'm going to say Dylan Gabriel at four. Right. Well, the top three, I mean, again, it's, I think it's we got t- a pretty solid tight, top man. three it's across tight. the country. It's like, you can't really talk about anybody. Yeah. 
else. But yeah, between Michael Penix and Bo Nix and it's uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and leave Michael Penix there at three. I love what I saw rough. from Bo Nix against Oregon State in the Civil War. Yeah. Big part of it. And not that Michael Penix uh, wasn't bad himself either, but I'm going to go ahead and put Michael there at three. Yeah, I'm going to put Michael at three. I think season. for me, I think he's had a good season, but he hasn't looked as flashy as he did earlier in the year. I just, I think he's looked solid. But he, again, we know what the Heisman means, man. You have to have a flashy moment. And I don't know if he's had a flashy moment really all year where he's like, man, this this guy's the dude. Um, so I'm going to say Michael Penix Jr. stays at three for me. This where it gets interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm keeping Bo at two. It's tight, though. I will say this top yeah. two is going to be tight. It is tight, yeah. But Bo is staying at two, and respect to him. I think he's done without looking. Actually, I can go ahead and look right now. I think he's done more than Jaden Daniels through the air. Yeah, and he has like the top completion percentage in the country. It's like did you did you think that was funny that did you think that was funny that the committee said you know why did you know why is Texas or Alabama not as high as why is Oregon higher because of Bo's completion percentage and I was like really dude like Bo leads the country okay. in completion percentage and actually overtook Michael Penix this weekend for total passing yards too. Yeah, but nevertheless, I there's somebody that I like better. Wink, yeah, wink. yeah, I. For me, this was tough, but I just the record of Jaden Daniels just stresses me out. I'm like, why am I putting that's why I don't think a, he'll uh, get the votes. No, I, I don't think favoring he will. Bo Nix right now. And yeah. it's definitely because of the three yeah. losses LSU has. I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep Bo Nix at two, but with a caveat that I think it's like within a hair reach of Jaden Daniels. And I think for both of us, here we go. Jaden Daniels, Jayden Daniels. yes, Jaden yep. Daniels, number one for both of us. Um, I think it's it's very obvious um, what this guy does. Um, he is a freak. I mean, just watching him play, he's went from being not really a draft pick, really a top draft pick, to being probably a top ten pick. Um, he's phenomenal. Um, yeah, and and so this is our this is our top five there, Josh. I mean, Drake May was the only one that I was at like six for me. He was the only one that was about to edge in, but mm. I just think he's had a rough year the, this year. So. Jaden Daniels, almost 5,000 total yards, 50 total touchdowns, leads the country in QBR. All of those are he leads the country in. Solid. It's got to be him. I'm yeah, not going to let his him. defense it's keep him, him from man. winning a Heisman. Tim. Um, but anyways, Josh, that is our power, power rankings, our Heisman. Now let's be, you know, we won't, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the NFL or anything else because there's so much college football. So we're going to spend this time here on breaking down the upcoming championship games and giving you predictions like we always do and how I will always drill down and Josh will just give you a nice, I think they'll win. Um, that's normally what Josh does. So uh, that's the way we are. Anyways, Josh, let's get this started. Let's start with the Pac-12 championship. I'm glad there's no divisions and this will be the final Pac-12 championship game we ever so see. so weird, dude. So weird. Yeah, so we got... Oregon and Washington in this one. We know how the first game went. Washington, I believe, won 37-33. to 33. But this time, Oregon, I don't know if they were the favorite the last time or not, but they are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, which very surprised by that. But maybe the neutral field has something to do with that since it's not uh, at one place or the other. But they're playing this game at Allegiant Stadium, too, where I believe the Raiders play. Yes. So it should be a pretty exciting venue there. Um both teams should be able no to weather. travel pretty well with their fan bases to that location too. But I really like it, Ben. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I don't know that uh, Oregon is covering that nine and a half, though. I, I think it's going to be a close game just like the first time it was. I think it was like three or four and a half points the first time, and I think it's going to be about that kind of a game once again here. So if Oregon covers nine and a half, I'll be shocked. But I'm going to go ahead and take them to win uh, by a field goal in this one. You drilling down or no drill down? Just just field goal. I mean, if you want a final score, it'll probably both teams will probably get in the thirties. We'll probably get like a thirty-eight to thirty-five. We could get a a thirty-seven to thirty-four. We could get oh, a, a thirty-five options. to thirty-one kind of thing. Oh you know, gosh. drive me nuts. Um, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they cover this. Um, really. I, I just think that Washington has not looked great. <laughs> they have squeaked by. And Oregon has just looked 
good. Like they just look like a legit team uh, that's in the top three or top four. Um, I'm going to say Oregon wins this game. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 56 to 45. I'm going shootout, classic Pac-12, no defense. Hmm. We're going to go 56, 45. Bo Nix throws for, let's go six tutties. And Michael Penix throws for five touchdowns. And it's just hmm. a quarterback frenzy game. I do think uh, Heisman Trophy is going to have a lot to do oh, with yeah, that, sure. how this game goes. Oh, yes. But... Yeah, uh, like you said, at the end of the season, Oregon's looked like the better team since they first met, and they have had some common opponents within that, like USC and Oregon State, and I think Oregon's looked like well, the better team than Washington when they've speak, played both you, those teams, you mentioned too. the You mentioned the Civil War, and speaking of Oregon State, did you hear that Like the head coach that's going to Michigan State now, he like told the team like the day before the game? Yeah. I'm like that is so messed up. I'm sorry. Like, as a player, like, what do you do? Like, oh, great. Yeah, and I'm also Thanks, surprised coach. that uh, Jonathan Smith is going for that job. It's almost like a lateral move. And he's also like an Oregon State alum. Like, he's yeah. at his place, and he's going you to like why. another school that's basically well. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's all money. And we knew he was going to leave Oregon State anyways because they're not going to be in a Power Five conference anymore. It's just that. The Pac-12 still surprised that there. it was Michigan State. They're allowing there to be a Pac-12 with two teams. Ew, it just hurts. <laughs> yeah, no playoff bids over there. But anyway, so yeah, that's that's that score, um, Josh. But I think we ha- we have to talk about the Texas game because this is where Mister Bowden over here is about to just surprise y'all. Are you gonna go ahead and take Oklahoma State in this one? I'll say this before you get into the details. I'm gonna say. You can probably see where I'm going with a lot of these picks. Because I'll go ahead and say I feel much better about Texas than I did a couple weeks ago after the way that they handled Texas yeah, Tech. Yeah, yeah but Texas, Texas Tech. Yeah, um, but look at listen to this, though, Ben. They only beat TCU, a five-win team, by three. They beat Iowa State by 10 the week before that. They beat Kansas State, ranked team, by three. And then they go into Texas Tech, a fully healthy Quinn Ewers, and beat them by 50. No, I, I, seen, I get it. We haven't seen like Texas win a game like that since like Kansas, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and they gonna, haven't beat anybody by fifty this yeah. year. So I'm gonna that's say a really, uh, that's a lot of momentum to carry in here. And I'm feeling really good about the Longhorns right now. I'm gonna say Oklahoma State wins this game. I'm gonna say thirty. I'm gonna say uh, no. I'm gonna say twenty-eight, twenty-four. Oklahoma State, and I think they're going to do it by running the ball. I think they have Ollie Gordon, who's like the, one of the best running backs in college football this year. I think you just you get behind him, man, which is completely opposite opposite of what Gundy likes to do. But I think this is what you do: you run the ball, you make Texas have to earn every single play, kind of like what Michigan did against Ohio State, and I got Oklahoma State winning. That probably is the formula. Um, Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma, and the game was in the twenties over there as well. If if you're getting uh, into a shootout, I feel like the odds favor Texas. But uh, like like I said, I like Texas in this one. I'm feeling much better about them uh, after what I saw last week. And they're a 15 and a half point favorite, but I don't know if they'll necessarily cover. I think they can win by two scores though. So I'm gonna go ahead and give Texas uh, something like a 35 to 25. Hey, go for it. Go for it. We will. Uh, SEC championship game. I'm so, so glad Georgia, I, I, I'm so glad I don't bet. I'd be so poor. <laughs> I'm not very good at it either. But Georgia Bama, this is the big one. These teams are your pro. You mean Michigan Iowa's not a big one? Oh, it's a big one. It's just not the big one. You know. Uh, okay. But Georgia Bama, these teams. I've heard it said they're built to beat each other, and that's the case. They're built to win national championships. That's how they always recruit and how they uh, plan their seasons out. And here they are right now. Uh, Bama, I think teams have had their shot to get them, and they haven't been able to, and they've just gotten better as the weeks have gone on, with the exception of they look really Auburn last week. Last I still week. don't I still don't have a, an explanation for that one. But, I mean, Georgia's kind of been like the same case, too. They've been getting better as the season's gone on, too. And they actually also struggled against Auburn when they played, too. So take that for what it's worth. Auburn almost got the best of Hugh Freeze, man. the two best teams in the conference. Yeah, Hugh Freeze is a good coach. And this is probably the worst Auburn team he's ever going to have, honestly. But 
Yeah, Georgia's riding some nice momentum in here too. They're coming off, like I mentioned before, they beat Florida by 23. They beat Missouri by nine. They crushed Ole Miss 52 to 17. They beat Tennessee by 28. Uh, Georgia Tech last week, they only won by eight. And and I don't know if that was just I think uh, they pulled their starters them early, showing I out. I mean, Carson Beck played the whole game. Yeah. I bet they but, did rest some guys. But they did a lot more running the football in this one. Yeah. So, yeah, take that for, for what it is. I'm not going to read too much into that one. But uh, it, it, this is tight, man. I, I really don't know who's going to win this one. I, I would lean more towards Georgia uh, just to be safe. But what do you think, Ben? I, I think Georgia just has – Alabama, the, the rushing defense last week really made me worried. If you would have asked me last week, I would have said Alabama has a really good shot of winning. Seeing the way that Auburn just kind of ran through that defense really gives me the Ohio State game vibes back in 2014 when Zeke Elliott just kind of like said, you're mine. Um, uh, so I, I'm leaning towards Georgia, and I'm going to say Georgia wins this game. I'm going to say it's, it's not going to be a high-scoring one. I think it's going to be like, 20 I'm gonna go 24 21 no I'm gonna go 27 21 Georgia I think they're gonna come out with a, a decent win and solidify themselves as the number one team mm. I actually think this could be a game that gets to the 40s honestly hey I'm just maybe saying I've been be... right lately <laughs> that'll be that'll be maybe my bold prediction if you will this is a team that's or a game that somebody's gonna get to the 40s in and I'm going to go ahead and say it's Georgia oh. because I think they're going to win. My bold Give prediction is punt return for a touchdown seals the game. Hmm. Well, give me Georgia 45 and give me Bama 38. Also, I forgot to say my bold prediction for Oklahoma State. Bold prediction, Ollie Gordon runs for 250. Hmm. Which he's a big game so from him if they're going to win, yeah. Yeah, I, I think we should finish up by talking about Iowa and Michigan just for the – fun and giggles you want to talk about florida state louisville first yeah we can do that first yeah right. let's just save the worst for last both these games are happening at eight o'clock and florida state actually is a two and a half point favorite in theirs and i mean the storyline is basically uh what we've already said there's no jordan travis in this one they've won their last two games uh with him uh mostly being out or out entirely and louisville uh, they've been looking a little shaky. They they really haven't been tested at all this year, Ben. They've that was a big reason why people thought they would have a great shot to make the conference championship game to begin with, and maybe people uh, got a little too excited after their win over Notre Dame. But uh, yeah, they lose to Kentucky last week, thirty eight to thirty one. Before that, they only beat Miami, thirty eight to thirty one. Before that, they beat Virginia, thirty one to twenty four. So it's something's lacking there. And this is like you don't want to be playing your your worst football once the season's come to an end and you're playing the better teams and you're starting to kind of like show your true colors here. And Florida State, they've been hanging in there. And I didn't think I was going to go with it uh, last week, but I think Florida State, I've seen enough from them that they can go ahead and at least win this game against Louisville. It's not it's going to be a, a grit fest, though. This is going to be one of those lower scoring games that uh, you were just talking about with Georgia and Bama. I think Florida State's going to have to uh, win this one. Uh, give, they can get 28. I think they'll be fine. Give me a 28 to 24 victory for Florida State here. I'm still worried a little bit about Florida State in the big games, right? Like I'm not, uh, they have won some big games, but like what I'm saying is like, without Jordan Travis and what happens if you get down, right? Get down maybe 14 or you get down 10. Does mm-hmm. this team have the it factor to come back from that? And Louisville runs the ball pretty well. And uh, Jeff Brahmas has this team on all cylinders. Again, I can't, I would love to see that matchup with versus high state. Not really because Jeff Brom beat a high state in Purdue when he was with Purdue. But um, again, I just think, uh, it's an interesting thought um, to think about this game. And I'm going to actually say that Louisville squeaks squeaks by a win here. I'm going to say Louisville wins. Oh, I think it's going to be low scoring, too. I think it's going to be like, I'm going to go 21 18. Never thought I would do a 28 yeah. 18, man. Just throw out a weird number, man. 21 18. I'm going to say Louisville wins this. I think their defense will come up big and their, their running, the run game will come up big. So I'm going to say Louisville wins this game. 
So finally, the Big Ten Championship. Did we also have Michigan-Iowa in it last year? Yes, I believe so. Yes, I'm pretty sure. If not, they were two years ago, too. I'm going to go ahead and check on that. Yeah, but I believe it was. Michigan-Iowa? Yeah, I believe it was. No, it was actually Purdue last year. Yeah, it was Purdue, yeah, because it was a Purdue game. last year. Iowa the year before that, yeah. yeah. And they I, beat the crap out of Purdue. I, I, I do believe... I do believe this game is going to be a lot lower scoring than what people think, and I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Like I think this game is going to actually be a classic Big Ten game. <laughs> I think it will. I I mean, Iowa, ideally, if they played their game plan the way that, um, like at an elite level, they'd probably look a lot like Michigan. Oh, Michigan yeah, just sure. does what Iowa yeah, does yeah. a lot better. Yeah. And I think Michigan's fine playing that kind of football too. I think they're fine with uh, J.J. Uh, sticking around like 20 to 25 passes and Blake Corm getting over 20 carries and Donovan Edwards getting over 15 and winning the game like yeah. maybe 30 now, to 3. I think they're okay with that. They they did lose their best lineman. I know they were okay against Yes, no Ohio Zach State, Center. But that, I know it was against Ohio State, but look, that was when Ohio State was dead tired. Like everyone was tired and it was the end of the game. I'm interested to see how they do the full game. I'm going to say Michigan wins this game. I'm going to say 13 to 6. <laughs> 13. 13 to 6. Wow. 13 to 6. Because Iowa's defense is very good. It's a very good defense. It is. I just think that Michigan, I'm going to give Michigan's offense a little more credit than that. I think they're going to be excited to have Jim Harbaugh Listen, back on the sideline. It might be a little saltiness, okay? I'm just saying. It's 13 to 6. <laughs> there could be a little bit of that, too. I'm going to go 30 to 3, like I was just saying. Okay. I Well, I will say, if you notice, Josh, about my picks here, did you notice something that was a pattern there in my picks? No. I picked every team that Ohio State needs to lose. I picked against every team that Ohio State needs to lose, so that means Ohio State is going to make the final CFP. I put that together, but I see what you yeah. did there. So yeah. I, I do believe the final CFP will be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Ohio State. That's what my mm-hmm. final prediction for the CFP will be. And a lot of people will be very mad just like last year, but I do not yep. care. And I would love to see a Georgia-Ohio State rematch. I would love to see that, and I would love to see a win by Ohio uh, State and a win by Michigan. And, oh, my word, would that just make – do you think – I'm going to ask you this, Josh. Do you think this would, in a sense, be like a redemption thing for Ryan Day? Like, do you think the Buckeye Nation, if he would beat Michigan in the national title game, do you feel like all the the hate, all the frustration they have with Ryan – do you feel like that is like you've now hit the – cream of the crop you've not only beat michigan you beat them in a national title game what do you think yeah it's a it's a discussion that north carolina and duke basketball fans have had too is if uh you beat the other team in the tournament it's like forever bragging rights in the rivalry and i to my knowledge i don't think ohio state michigan have faced they haven't a national championship game at least not in the bcs era when uh, they started doing it with uh the final game at the end of the season instead of just declaring a number one team. But yeah, I think that that definitely uh, gives uh, Ryan Day a little bit of forgiveness, especially if it's uh, at that level. It would also show that they uh, did things a little bit differently. They came out a little bit more aggressive give than what they month. have before. Give a month. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um, and we'll see what happens. Josh, I do want to finish up. Like, we won't talk about the transfers really because really it hasn't opened yet. So, Josh and I can't really talk about the transfers um, or really coaching moves, I guess. Josh, you would say, right? Uh, we can't really talk about too much because we just know who is one of yeah. the transfer portal. We don't know who, what's happening, or we can't predict anything. So, um, just for time's sake, we will talk about that next week. We will mention that next week. Uh, obviously, the Browns are injury prone and Joe Flacco's on the Browns. <laughs> Still weird. Hey, so, on the on the college note, uh, what do you have to say about Colorado's first season under Deion Sanders? Now I will say this right now: four and eight is the final I want, record. I want everyone to look at me in the eyes, and I want you to stare at me. Stop <laughs> saying that he did a remarkable job by going from one to four wins. I saw two it's teams this very year. embarrassing. I saw Northwestern go from one to seven. I saw I forget the other team that I saw went from like one to eight. Like. Stop it. Just because, dude, this dude's lost more yeah. recruits in the last f- a week than he's gained in the, the time he's been there. Like, it's, 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 this is, this goes to prove my point that I've been talking with people for the last few months. You cannot win championships by going through the transfer portal. You have to develop your own guys. You cannot, this is not free agency. It's never going to work. 
I don't believe it's going to work when you're uploading your whole roster. Maybe a few guys here and there, it can work. You cannot just keep tra- like he even said like, oh, all guys are up for 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 transition next year. I'm like, dude, you guys cared more about persona. Your boys, all they cared about was the commercials that they were in. Like to me, it just felt like Colorado. This is not like a success. You went four and eight, dude. You went four and eight. This is not like you're not jumping up for joy, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's. I think four wins. I mean, it's it it beat their Vegas over under win total before the season. So in that sense, it's like you win four games after winning one year the year before. It's like okay, you took a step in the right direction. But the way that people are making it out to be like Dude. some success story, it's like like you said, Northwestern didn't go out in the portal and get fifty players. They had their head coach get fired like a week before the season started. They won seven they went, games. And I picked them to go 0-12 before the season you started because I was like, nobody cares about Northwestern. Now that they got rid of Pat Fitzgerald, no one's ever going to care about as much as them. They're never going to get anybody to recruit to that place because it's a bunch of nerds to begin with. And then they come out and win seven games. And then you got Deion Sanders here who goes out and gets 50 different guys, which I'm with you. I don't think you can build a national contender that way. But I think starting off with a clean slate of new faces like that was is something that you can do and obviously we saw how it ended up being and you even got like Travis Hunter a top player in his recruiting class and you get a four-star quarterback like Shadir Sanders to come in and like you had way more talent on that roster you still want to say than Northwestern did and won four games with it so let's just call it what it is it's Um, a step in the right direction it's not a success story it's not like something that no other coach in the country could have done Let's see what happens in the next couple of years, but it's it's just funny like watching people push that. And maybe I, think, I even jumped the gun on Colorado too because I thought they'd win we both did. three or we four before did, the yeah. season started. And then I was like, okay, maybe they'll win six or seven now. And it and I, just I will cool. say I think Josh is right now figuratively pointing the finger at RG three, who RG three just makes. By yes. the way, he should never be allowed. <laughs> he should never be allowed to the worst commentator in football anything. right now. I did hate. You, did you any hear what he said of, on? I think it was like. On Friday, he's like, "Welcome to Black Friday," because he was with another yeah. black. Dude. I'm like, dude, like, just stop, dude. He like, always says like cringe stuff like that to try to keep himself relevant. Because if you only had his football points to judge him on, you'd he'd be dude, terrible. But just, if he I'm says something like that, like, it gives people something else to dude, talk about. I used to like you, and you've become so woke that it's just like annoying at this point. Like, honestly, it's not even just woke; it's just bad. <laughs> yeah, it is just bad. But speaking of woke. Josh, before we go, have you seen the trailer for the Lady Ballers? I haven't. Um, I haven't really uh, so looked sad. at anything. I've I've seen the ads like on Instagram it for it, like is, the posters and the pictures, and dude, who's starring it, is, it. And it I was like, phenomenal. I don't know what's going on here, but this looks like really so funny. I will just say, Josh, what before next week? So you're gonna have to fill episode, me in and the audience. Yes. In. So next next week's episode, we'll we'll get your reaction. You watch the trailer. Also, it comes out on Friday. So if you you want to get a Daily Wire subscription for a couple of days and you know and and watch it, that'd be sweet. We can get your take on it because I think Rebecca and I are going to watch it. But um, so David Cohn is in it. Uh, the Crane and Company boys are in it. Um, Brett Cooper's in it. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in it. Uh, uh, the oh the Knowles is in it. Um, Ted Cruz is in it. <laughs> it's just weird to think that Ted Cruz is in it. Um, basically the premise, Josh, is they're talking about men in female sports and they basically just made this comedy bit show or movie based on it. And you see dudes like basically playing basketball. So David Cohn and all of them are like in a basketball team dunking on women. And you have Blaine Crane choke slamming a girl in a wrestling match and then throwing an elbow. Then you have this guy named, like, I forget what his name, Eric or something like that. I don't remember what it is, some Spanish name. And he basically, they said, listen, now it's age appropriate. Now we can judge our, you can't judge my age. I can be six or whatever. And he plays T-ball <laughs> and he nails this girl in the head with a baseball because he hits it really hard and it knocks her over. This is all in the trailer, by the way. And there's another one where um, there's a scene that's really funny where they, you know, they're like playing basketball or whatever. And then they're like in a, like a huddle or something like that. And they're like, you mean we could play any sport, any sport we could play. And then Felix, <laughs> that's the guy's name goes soccer. And then uh, Jake goes, no, I said real sports. Um, and so it's just, it is, it looks phenomenal. Um, and they've played some, like some people, like some of their characters are basically like making fun of who they are as a person. So I think it's, um, What's the guy with the beard? I don't remember the guy's name with the beard. He's the the white guy with the beard. Um, 
Anyways, he plays like a That's super a Daily Wire. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy? No, I forget. No, it's it's one of the commentators. But anyways, he plays like a character that's complete opposite of him, and he said it was very uncomfortable playing him. But you know, there's just so many cool things, um, and I just think it's very funny. Um, and I think it's gonna be great. And we need this, like, right, Josh? I think you agree with me. Something that crazy and and stupid of men playing in women's sports can be made fun of because it is so outlandish. It is so crazy to think about. Yeah. Man, yeah. The other th- funny thing about that too is like Daily Wire being like a news organization. Imagine if ESPN made a movie starring like their top personalities like Stephen A. Smith and uh, like Mad Dog movie. and Trey Wingo, and or if like CNN made a oh, a movie God. starring like Wolf, uh, oh, whatever the heck his name awful. is, and Don Lemon, and <laughs> just be crazy. But it is. It, I mean, David Cohn, like he seemed like his character looks hilarious. Like he's like a mountain man that you know turns into a female for a basketball game, right? So, yeah, it looks great. I, I can't wait to watch it. But uh, we'll let Josh give us his take next week as he watches the trailer and gives us our take on it. But, anyways, Josh, call out a show, right, my man? Call out a show. Good show. Me. Yeah, it's been a good show. We hope you enjoyed it. Go watch some college football this weekend because it's going to be a heck of a week. And Ohio State will be making the playoff. You heard it here first. And next week, if they don't, I didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> I'll post edit this out. Um, anyways, thank you so much for watching. And if you've loved the episode on YouTube, go ahead and click that thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Let us know that you love what we're doing. If you listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you share it with friends and family. Maybe your dad wants to listen to us two jokers talk about Ohio State football and college football and the Browns, not the Bengals, because who cares about them anymore? Um, And so on. So anyways, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And until next time, we'll see ya.